Miserable people, what up, yo? This is the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo on behalf of the Hollywood Heels podcast. And I got my dog back, yo. It's the divine voice. Henron, what's up, man? Good evening once again. No worries. Do not fret. I have returned. Thanks for holding it down, Mr. Rockstar. I really do appreciate that. But I'm back. It's SmackDown. What do we have? Eat. That's what we got. We got SmackDown, the October 6th episode coming from St. Louis, Missouri. We got L.A. Knight opening up the show. Let me talk to you. Uh, we didn't really get to talk much because Paul Heyman comes out. <clears throat> he interrupts with Solo and Jimmy. Crowd does say his name. Kind of keep a track of who likes to say his name and who doesn't. There there were boos, but not as many. Um, we had a kind of cool moment where, uh, you know, Paul Heyman is kind of, kind of, Stroking his own ego a little bit, saying that he's always one step ahead of the WWE universe when it comes to recognizing the next top talent, and confirms that the next megastar is indeed L.A. Knight. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of gets his monologue drowned out with L.A. Knight chants. Uh, it kind of pisses him off, and... Uh, he's basically saying that it pisses Jimmy off too, but you're lucky that Solo is just a psycho and doesn't care. It was a little paraphrasing there, but you get my drift. Um, LA Knight asks him if he's done running his fat jowls yet because he's checking his receipts and he didn't buy any of Paul Heyman's BS. That was probably the line of the night right there. Came out prepared too, man. A receipt in his back pocket, ready to go. Uh, we, we get to the bloodline kind of stalking him towards the ring, trying to say that he ain't going to make it to fast lane when we get the greatest of all time, John Cena coming out to back him up. We can indeed see him. Uh, Knight is suggesting that good old Jim Uso is the wannabe tribal chief and that they should figure it out in the ring tonight. So that's what we're getting later on in this show is LA Knight versus Jimmy Jim Uso, who agrees and Paul Heyman is like, uh, what, what do you mean, man? Uh, you know, we didn't get to see him say, but who authorized it? But we, we know, we know what he meant about it. So, I mean, man, we, we got a little bit of a teaser going into fast lane with this one. Yes, sir. And yes, they did leave out the, you know, but who authorized it in this segment? I think because they're saving it because they said authorized how many times in this episode? Not later enough. On? Like, I'm, I'm glad that they're they're just fully embracing it now. Uh, but this was a cute little segment. We get to see L.A. Knight back starting off the show where he belongs to be. Glad he's back. Glad he's healthy. Love to see him. Yeah. You know, we, everybody loves the crowd is going crazy for this guy. They don't give a fuck what Paul Heyman saying. They're chanting over him. And Paul's, you know, embracing it as he does as the great, you know, Mike man that he is, uh, you know, Calling back at the people, hyping up LNI. LNI hypes up himself. Jimmy Uso cups him off, says, I'm him, Jim. And all I could think about is Slim Jim. And I'm pretty sure that's like an LA Knight sponsor. So I'm waiting for this the Slim Jim joke. 
with Jimmy Uso and LA Knight, I feel like that's you know, I'm calling that. You know, I feel like that's coming in sometime soon. They got to make money off of that one right there. And what took Homeboy Cena so long? It was <laughs> like you knew what was going to happen, Cena. Like you knew that these guys were going to jump him. Like it, it happens every single time. And he was they, uh, he was looking for his shirt so he could take it back off again. Yeah, my he constantly walks around shirtless, but then he puts it on before he goes out for the advertisements. I forgot. Um, and I did love just at the end when, you know, Jim's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 I got this. I got this. And then Paul Heyman's like, oh, not a chance. Wait, what do you mean? OK, <laughs> <laughs> that was a cute little thing up there on the ramp. I, I feel like we should, you know, give give Jimmy his credit due and, you know, try to refer to him as Jim. You know, I think that's his preferred title at this point now. Him, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stick by it. Him, Jim. Uh, after this, we end up backstage with the Judgment Day. Uh, Priest is asking why the hell JD McDonuts is there. And uh, Rhea is saying, because I asked him to be. He's here for a reason. So we don't know what that reason is yet, but there's going to be a reason. And after this, we end up in a very interesting tag match of Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus Bailey and EO Sky. So right before I get into this, in that tiny little segment, I'm glad Judgment Day is back and they got all the gold. As I mentioned before, they look so good dripping in it. Um, hints of the dissension with JD McDonough sliding in there. Mom, he now says that it's okay. And why at the end, when they're walking off, Finn Balor never says a word the entire segment, but as they're walking away, he's just, you know, laughing. <laughs> why the hell was he doing that? This guy's on one, right? He's just sneaking in the background on one. But we we get into the start of this match, and at first, Flair comes out, and she's ready to fight, and I'm like, I don't remember what match they had announced tonight for Flair. And then Oscar comes out, and I'm like, didn't we just see them fight? And then it got interrupted by EO. And I was like, wait, what? And then they're like, oh, it's a tag match. And I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Because they're building up for the, the three-way. Um, so I had to catch myself back up into it. But this is basic little match. It was fun when EO and Asuka were in the ring together. Now, I need more of that. Otherwise, it was kind of meh. Um, I think at one point, Asuka took the flare chops and, and just started going in on EO Sky. That was really entertaining. But eventually Charlotte won, of course. And uh, it was kind of the match. Yeah. Um, I I loved when EO just went psycho and started biting Asuka and then like licking her lips afterwards. That was kind of a weird moment that I was like, I, I don't know. Uh, you know more about their history than I do. Is is that some sort of callback or something? I uh, I don't know. I know earlier in the match, um, Eoskaya did like the same thing. She was like smacking Asuka, and then she was kind of like, oh no, she wasn't smacking her. She had her in like a headlock or something, but then the ref couldn't see, and she covered her nose and hands with her mouth, and then the ref saw her and pulled her away, and then Eo kind of licked her hands and did like a I'm crazy look as well. So maybe she was just getting a little payback. I don't know about any any history in that, but they're both, you know, a little evil deep down. Yeah, they're they're a little unhinged. And speaking of unhinged, you know, we we've got rumors to address when it comes to the women in SmackDown. 
It is rumored that Kyrie Sane will be joining SmackDown. So speaking of, you know, wanting to see more of Io Asuka, which I, I, I mean, we weren't entirely cheated of. We did get a decent amount of time in the match when they had it uh, a, a couple weeks ago, but like there could have been more to it. Like it just, it felt like they held back um, from like a, a, um, planning standpoint of that match like we'll give them a taste but we're not going to give them the the banger that they could have and then now we're going to get Kyrie in the picture um supposedly at some point in like november is when she's supposed to make her appearance um on smackdown so we we could have this kind of crazy little uh asuka eo Kyrie thing going on i i'd very much be looking forward to that I'd like to see that, you know, because that's not too far out in the future. You know, during this match, I believe there was an accidental kick from Charlotte to Asuka, and they already had a little bit of beef, you know, in the uh, the prior setting this up and in the past as well. I can see after this three-way, if EO retains, they might f- pawn off on each other, do a little thing between each other for a little bit, and then EO's kind of doing her damage control thing until... We eventually see that break between her and damage control, and who do we have to come save her? Maybe that's Kyrie Sane, and we, you know, start off with that EO Sane kind of tag team. You know, at first, you know, let's see that before, uh, you know, she gets in there against some other people. But there's just so much you can do when she does come back. Let's hope that they use her better than you know they did last time. Yeah, and I guess to to keep going down this damage control rabbit hole, like. Where the fuck is Shotzi? And like, what it, what, what's going on with this Bailey Shotzi thing? Like, they, they've been really dropping the ball with like introducing storylines and then just like pretending that they no longer exist. Like, I was bitching recently about the, uh, the Isla Dawn and Alba Fire thing. Now, we finally get that addressed later on in this show, but like, they've been doing that. So, like, Okay, if you got this whole big damage control thing going on, like, where the fuck is the Shotzi Bailey thing? Do, do, do we just pretend that's not happening anymore? Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Um, I don't, I don't know. Especially in this match, you think she would have been there to help Bailey lose, but I mean, nah, she could, she could just lose either way. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing with that. Um, I do think that she has value. She certainly has more value than useless Dakota Kai. And if that's what we get, man, imagine like that's the opening stuff we get is like EO and Kyrie versus Bailey and Dakota Kai when she's cleared from medical in two years. <laughs> They're gonna what's her name's contract's gonna be up by the time she's healthy again. Stop. <laughs> All of their oh contracts are gonna be up by then. Bailey's gonna retire. <laughs> Yikes, man. Uh, after this, we end up backstage. We got Paul Heyman. He's telling Jimmy that uh, he can't agree to anything without the tri- the tribal chief's approval. Uh, Jimmy is kind of kind of being a little rambunctious here. Is being like, well, you know, he's got to be here to approve shit. And then they're walking into the bloodline locker room and who is there to greet them the entire fucking judgment day jimmy's like y'all must be mistaken around here Yeet. i'm just gonna start throwing that in as like randomly as possible and then i'm gonna start 
you know, stop mentioning when I throw it in and just see how many I can like get away sneaking into an episode. Uh, Finn is saying that they are exactly where they should be. We go to break and come back with the two groups staring each other down and Rhea asks everybody to leave except for her and Heyman. We get a nice little extended stare between Solo and Priest. So obviously, uh, if this doesn't really go well, that's going to be one of the first uh, matches we get. We just also don't, you know, I'm going on a tangent here, but we don't get many... uh, Many solo matches, like solo solo matches, singles solos matches at this point anymore. So I'm not a huge fan of Priest, but yeah, I mean, I would I would sign up for a solo Priest thing. Um, while they're in the locker room, we're getting mommy chants from the crowd, and I fucking love it. And uh, Rhea's looking at Paul saying, let's talk. So what do they got to talk about, man? That is what I would like to know. Um, probably some authorizing. That'd be my guess, you know, but we'll see later on. But I did love how everybody, you know, is lined up and they all fall out, except for, as you mentioned, Solo and Priest. And I think that's a hint for something that we're not going to see for a while. I feel like that's going to be, you know, when Priest eventually you know, gets turned on by Judgment Day, he's by himself, or he's a babyface, or he has a title or something, and Solo's going to come creeping around the corner because we never got that. And I think that they're, like, I don't want to say hiding Solo, but, you know, he does not have as much experience as the people he's in the ring with at any point in time. So I do think, yeah, he needs the reps, yeah, he needs the experience, but maybe let's not do that you know, in the middle of the uh, biggest segments, you know, every single week. So that's my guess as to why we don't see that uh, from him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the dude's unhinged. (laughs) There's no other way around it. Like, you just don't know what he's going to do and when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it, and who he's going to do it to. But somebody's getting fucking spiked in the process. Um, This is when we get uh, a teaser that Cody Rhodes is going to be there on NXT on Tuesday, that's going to be the October 10th episode of NXT to make a quote-unquote big announcement. And uh, at the end of this, we get a nice little gong. So are they really doing this, man? Like, are we really going there? Yeah, I'm, I might have to tune in live on NXT, man, because this sounds ridiculous. Like, they, this would be... Like this is this would be Cody's first time on NXT, and I don't think the Undertaker's ever been there. So I mean, I don't know, man. It's a lot. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I it says so in my uh, fast lane instant reaction thing that I did. I I kind of went off on a little rant of like you know if people want to think that WWE doesn't feel at all like threatened or pressured by the presence of AEW, they're lying to themselves because the fact that, I mean, Collision is moving there for one night. This this is not a permanent thing. It's not permanently moving to Tuesdays in the same fucking time slot as NXT. It happens once. And they got to bring in Cody Rhodes, Asuka, uh, John Cena, Paul Heyman, and now the fucking Undertaker to just try to bury the episode? 
That says a lot about how they view AEW. Not to mention, probably Becky will be there too, since she still has the belt. So that's a lot of main roster star power and legends power between Cena. Like, dude, having Cena and Undertaker on the same show is probably literally just as big as having Rock and Cena on the same show. 100%. And my only counter to that is that's that's like, 99% full power. If they were really scared, Roman would have returned on NXT, yo. <laughs> we, we would have had the showdown between Rock and Roman and like tease the WrestleMania thing. Uh, so yeah, there were still levels that they could go uh, as far as to bury them. But the fact that they even felt like they needed to do that, I was just like, guys, that's kind of beneath you. Like, I wouldn't have been shocked if the Cody announcement, I don't know what it is. That's, you know, we usually get a lot of leaks about shit, at least rumors. I haven't seen really any about what this announcement might be. Man, I don't think it's no motherfucking announcement. They just said, hey, yo, Cody, your ass going to be on NXT Tuesday. I, but he probably going to be like, we're going to defend the undisputed tag team championships on NXT. If I had to guess what it's going to be, and again, this is pure fucking guess, is they could be introducing something related to his father. Like they could have like the Dusty Rhodes tournament oh. or something like that. Or you know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. One, one million percent. Because they're doing the women's tournament and they got no other. They just finished the NXT Heritage Cup. They need a men's tournament. So it's the Dusty Classic, Tag Team Classic, which I think that they should get a shot at the undisputed titles, not the NXT tag titles. But that's just me. Put put your money where your mouth is, Cody. Your dad would your dad would support. That. Yeah, no, I, I think that match would probably have to happen on the main roster because I'm pretty sure Cody actually refuses to wrestle on <laughs> on NXT. Um, it, he, he actually kind of mentioned that in the post-show presser for, uh, for Fastlane of, you know, when he came back to WWE, one of his stipulations was like, I want absolutely nothing to do with NXT. Not because of like pride or anything. It's just, he was saying that he just walks in the building and his dad's everywhere. And that's just not always easy for him. Um, and th that would be his reasoning. So, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. We'll see what the announcement is. Um, we have a match next between Rey Mysterio and Bobby Lashley. And I just have a quick little rant that I need to get out of the way before we get to this match. I'm sorry, but the title should be on the line every fucking time you wrestle. If you hold a title and you have a singles match. Now, if you want to have the, the champion's advantage type rules where, like, you have to be pinned in the ring, if you lose via countout, you don't lose the belt, like, I'm fine with all that shit. But you cannot fucking wrestle another man in the ring and not have your belt be on the line. It just take like, it's so dumb. Like, Bobby Lashley should have left this fucking show the U.S. champion. I, it, maybe that's just me. That's my opinion. No, I 100% agree with you. And honestly, when I was watching this match, until you mentioned it right now, I forgot that Ray was the champion. It didn't even feel like, like that's, that's sad. That is sad that it felt that way. And like, I don't know, it, it was just dumb. It really pissed me off. Like I was angry the entire match because they kind of made it pretty clear that the title was not on the line. And I'm like, then why fucking wrestle? 
Yeah, and like you're already gonna be squashing your beef like at fast lane. If you thought you could squash your beef in a one-on-one -on -one match, that's what you would have set up. Like, what what are we even doing here? And then now we got fast lane. That match ain't gonna change. So now we gotta wait another week. Probably not next week because of the announcement. And the I mean, it could be next week, but I feel like half the show they're gonna take up with Homeboy coming back. So we're going to wait two weeks before we get Bobby Lashley to get his title match when he should already have the belt? Yeah, and win the match that he already won in a completely, I mean, sort of clean way. You know, I, I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. Bobby Lashley should be the fucking champion. I'm, I'm going to start the petition. Yeah, and my, my little piece, you know, before I talk about the little bit of this match that I cared about, like, I'm sorry. And I believe I actually quoted this match a few weeks ago when I was hypothetically speaking about big man, little man matches. And I said, like, I couldn't imagine a match between Rey Mysterio and Bobby Lashley. And I, ha ha ha, I laughed about it in my head at the thought of it because I can't even fathom these two individuals going against each other and it being competitive. And they tried to be, you know, Ray tried to be quick. Well, what the hell? Why Why was Bobby Lashley just squeezing this man? I, I hate that. I hate bear hugs. I hate torture racks and backbreakers. Like, like, crack them and snap them and do something quick. Make it look like it hurts. Don't just sit there and, and hug them and hold them up. Oh, my goodness. It's so awful. It's so bad. I hate it so much. And this shouldn't even be a competition. I'm pretty sure Bobby Lashley is just big enough to put Rey Mysterio down, put his shoulders on the mat, and hold him there. And he wouldn't be able to lift his shoulders. I don't really even know what I really need to speak on in this match. Um, the only interesting thing that I think happened, you know, Rey was a little fancy doing some Rey stuff. He hit a big seated senton, um, did catch him in a nice DDT. Tried to catch a 619, but, you know, Bobby Lashley was always just way too strong to get out of that. At one point, Bobby Lashley hung this man upside down and tried to hit him with a spear in the corner. He slowed down. He didn't really give it his all, but he just would have tore the man in half. You know, um, either way, um, Bobby Lashley wins, and then Street Profits come out, and they murder the homeboys of LWO. And now they're injured, and Ray doesn't know who's going to help out uh, at the pay per view. Yeah, this this match. It, the sad thing is, is like I think under the right circumstances, these two could put on an a entertaining match, and I guess some of it was entertaining. Like I, I like this was probably the most like impactful catch of a 619 I've ever seen just and it's it's just impressive because it's Bobby Lashley and we also haven't seen Bobby Lashley um really wrestle in a singles match since since Omas maybe um and in case anybody forgot Bobby Lashley's muscles have muscles uh, the dude probably has the most impressive upper body physique in the entire company right now. The dude is is a fucking Adonis. It's ridiculous. So like when he catches the six one nine, it's like, oh damn, that motherfucker's strong, and he is. And he just speared the absolute soul out of Ray at the end. Um, one thing that I kind of was a little bothered by was you know 
we we talk about the the camera play in WWE and whatnot. Apparently, the profits hit you know the revelation or whatever whatever we're calling it at this point um, to Wild outside the ring, but. I think the cameras completely missed it. We didn't get a single shot of it. We didn't get a replay of it. And all right, you know, I don't need to always see everything ever, but like hitting a move like that to a dude outside the ring, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, I think they hit the other homeboy in the ring and they showed that one. And then like they tell us that they're both injured. And I remember thinking like, I remember like they came in there, but I don't remember them getting hurt that bad, especially not both of them. But, you know, yeah, I missed that shit, too. I think somebody on commentary said that it happened. And I was like, okay, great. We didn't get to see it. And you could like hear the crowd give, oh, when it happened, but we didn't see it. But yeah, Cruz and Joaquin are in no shape to wrestle at Fastlane. And uh, we'll, we'll see what Ray has in store for a backup plan but we end up backstage and we get a little peek into this authorized conversation about authorization between Rhea Ripley and Paul Heyman and Rhea is just straight up suggesting an alliance and Paul likes it you know the the crafty wise man that he is he knows how to utilize a situation but it needs approval from his tribal chief uh, it needs to be authorized by his tribal chief. And Rhea looks him dead in the fucking eye and says, it's authorized. Uh, I was so into this. She just stared into his soul and said, acknowledge me. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. We're doing this. We're doing this. Rhea Ripley, like... Call me fucking crazy, dude, but, like, she's on the verge of being the biggest star in the company, period. Like, if there was no Roman Reigns, I might say that Rhea Ripley is the single biggest star in WWE right now. And I think you would be correct, because I don't think any other woman on the roster gets as big of a reaction that she does when she does literally anything, like she just exists and the crowd goes fucking crazy. As, as do I, as do you, as do we all. Uh, it, it's it's so good. It is so good. Um, Rhea authorizes Paul to make his little phone call and basically says, you know, if he doesn't acknowledge her, then they're going to find out which group is stronger. And I don't even think that's a question because you got, you got three people versus like five. So eh, it's probably not a good situation for the bloodline. Um, we'll, we'll see where this goes, but man, this is just a, to me, this is a control thing. Like the judgment day in theory, it doesn't really need the bloodline. They've got some issues on Raw, but it's not like the bloodline's going to, you know, magically show up there and take care of everything. And the bloodline's kind of weak right now anyway, especially with Roman not around. Obviously, he's coming back, but let's be honest, Roman doesn't enforce shit. He just sits there and points. Um, it would be in the best interest of the bloodline to do this, but this is... In my mind, the Judgment Day, Rhea, the planner, not the leader. There's no leaders around here, bro. 
uh, the planner of the Judgment Day is basically kind of setting themselves up to take the kill shot on the bloodline when the situation arises. That's how it feels, man. Divide and conquer. You know, they're Jay separate, you know, that he's not there to help. She's putting that a little bit of division in there with Jim, with him, Jim. Now we see a tease of that. You know, Solo is already just look at his name. He's trying to ride that way. And Paul Heyman going to be loyal, but he's just a, a figure, man. He's just a talk head, a spokesperson. He's not really anybody. And then you're just going to have one sole champion left. And when you have the briefcase and anybody you you want to put it on, because it, it ain't going to be Priest, you have everything that you need to be on top of both shows, which is crazy. And, in, 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 you know, this isn't going to happen, right? But... Has a woman ever won a men a man's title? Like I don't want to speak on like that, <laughs> dude. The second, the second that you just said about the the priest is not cashing in, my wheels were immediately spinning. Is like, what if Rhea cashes in on Roman? And then you just said that right now, and I'm like, I don't know how the rules work. We'll fucking make them up as we go. But yes. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get the Universal Championship on Rhea Ripley, please. Or, or even, even more heat. Have Rhea come in with the briefcase and JD McDonough and Finn Balor. You know they do whatever. They hold. They damage Reigns after he's already been beaten up by whoever. And she gets in there. She hits the Riptide. She gets the belts. And she gives them to Dom, who just strolls in there. And you're new. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Dom's been, like, slowly growing on me. I don't know that he's grown on me that much. That's, uh... Let's, let's just, you know... He's got a belt. Let's just let him keep the one that he's got. You know, I we'll 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 live with that, and let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's a little much. Um, we do get a follow up promo here with the Isla Dawn Alba Fire one. It's another spooky promo, you know. R.I.P. Bray Wyatt, but we don't have him around. Uh, Alexa Bliss is currently like a bazillion months pregnant, so. Who else are we going to have to give us spooky-ass shit? Well, we got these two saying that they shall live deliciously. They are clearly coming for the tag belt. And please, like, can we not tease this anymore? That fucking women's tag thing is so goddamn dead. Like, it, just just make it happen. Just make it happen, please. And and I was just thinking right now, who the fuck are they champs? I'm like, it's still Chelsea Piper. I mean, I'm sorry. Piper is one of those women where I'm like, not neither one of these little snowflakes. What's what's their name? Uh, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Uh, Fire McFire Pants. Nah, they <laughs> both gonna get fucked up. Like, let's be real. Yeah, but they're the ones that curse the belts, so they need to win the belts to take the curse off, and then we can take them off them. I guess if they enchanted, enchanted them up right quick. And they wasn't able to perform at their utmost capacity. Maybe they could, by chance, retrieve those titles, which we will see 
next week or the week after on SmackDown. And and they shall live deliciously. That was such a weird line. It stood out to me. But next we got the 150 million hitman. Austin Theory Live versus Dragon Lee, which uh, I don't know why this wasn't announced. Dragon Lee is moved up to the main roster on the SmackDown roster. There was no announcement. There was no acknowledgement or anything. He just like appeared on the WWE website as a SmackDown roster member. So that was really weird. And like the dudes earned it. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the WWE, not like acknowledging or announcing it. Uh, it, I don't know. It was kind of, I feel like they slighted him a little bit, you know? Yeah. He was just here. And I guess if we think back on the prior weeks, they were, they were kind of beefing. Um, but I don't know. You guess something like this one and the Charlotte stuff, it just kind of felt they just threw it on you, which was okay. You know, it's glad to see that they're pushing everybody involved in the storyline, really, as we, you know, get a taste of it at the end of the match. But I was surprised that they didn't have uh, my boy, Grayson Waller, out sooner. Um, but at least we did get to hear his banger music for a little bit. Uh, he was just a big distraction for Dragon Lee. At one point, there was a nice distraction, and he hit that rolling shotgun dropkick into the ring. That's just lit. Um, but at the end, you know, Waller cheats, uh, to help him, uh, to help him go. But then out of nowhere, we get Cameron Grimes to the moon, um, who like counters a distraction and then, uh, Austin gets rolled up for the three out of nowhere. Um, but Cameron Grimes, like where the hell I'm, I'm, they brought him back and he lost that match and he looked pretty good in it because he's a pretty good wrestler. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. But him and Dragon Lee, such a random team. It is. And then not only that, but like when's the last time we've seen Cameron Grimes like twice in the same month? When was that time we see him twice in the same year? It feels like. <laughs> right? It was just like so random it was kind of like the cedric alexander thing it's just random um this was back to like me not really liking theory because he came out on the microphone and like he just said generic ass fucking heel shit that like didn't even really make any sense and he, he was on the microphone for like 15 seconds and i was like why did we do this like we didn't need this at all just get into the goddamn match um but is this moving towards like a town down under versus Grimes and Lee? Because I feel like that's a really random ass tag team. Yeah, looks like that's probably another random thing we're gonna get within the next two weeks on SmackDown, which could be a fun little match depending on how it ends. It's eventually. I mean, we're probably gonna see Waller and them win. They're probably gonna get their win back because Theory just lost, and technically they have to win. So they can fight the street profits because both teams have to be up because we know that eventually that's got to come back around as well. Yeah, you'd hope so. But yeah, the Grimes-Lee thing just feels very random to me. I I mean, there are so many more obvious partners for Lee, especially like if you just look towards like the Lucha style things, like there's all the LWO. Like I, is, is he 
not joining LWO. Like it looked like he might be, and then he's not. And like they need a tag partner. Is it going to be Dragon Lee? Spoiler: No, it's not. Um, it was just very kind of out of nowhere. Um, after this, we get a quick little like thing of it looks like Rhea's making her pitch to 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 him, Jim over there. Can't really hear much of what they're saying besides Jimmy saying that he likes it. So. You know, uh, Rhea's got to make up her mind about which one of these twins she likes better, man. I, I, I need the Rhea Ripley, Jey Uso, uh, power couple thing to happen. Well, what are we going to do with Dirty Dom? Is he dirty and he just watches or what? <laughs> <laughs> dirty Dom is cuckolded immediately. Um, no, no, he, he'll turn face, um... And then he'll get his ass beat by everybody in the Judgment Day. And then we're going to get a Rhea Ripley-Dom Mysterio match. And Dom's going to eat a Riptide. <laughs> okay. Yep, that's how it's going to go. <laughs> so we, uh, we end up backstage with Ray confirming that Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro will not be medically cleared to wrestle. So at Fastlane currently, it is just him and Escobar. Uh, they need a third, but he's going to make a phone call. So, you know, don't worry about it, guys. He's going to make a phone call. Uh, we get the same Seth Shinsuke Nakamura promo that we've been getting for like three weeks now. They didn't even spice it up. It's literally just on replay. And then we get an announcement. Here it is, man. Are you ready? Are you fucking ready? I'm ready. Yes, boy, you're ready. We are getting Pretty Deadly versus Brawling Brutes next week at the quote-unquote season premiere of SmackDown, which will also include Roman Reigns making his return and Triple H appearing to make an announcement. Yes, boy. Yes, boy, indeed. I am just a hoping and a wishing and a praying that they double up they get the victory next week and they come back the week after for a celebration tour. Let's let's I need that because I'll be there and I want to be in the crowd and yell yes boy cuz I'm a big fan. I mean they they should give them matches back to back. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I with it actually kind of sucks like you're you're off by a week, man. Like dude I would be pissed. Like they could just fuck me. They they it could it could be awful. Like they could drop it big and then just be like, all right, we're gonna take it easy and then we're gonna go hard the next week. You know, they'd be doing crap like that, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so here's what you're gonna get. This is my prediction. Uh you're going to get Grayson Waller versus Cameron Grimes. You're going to get a tag match that's going to be not even the guys that you want to see in LWO. You're going to get Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro versus, if you're lucky, pretty deadly. If you're lucky. If you're not lucky, brawling brutes. I don't know. <laughs> and and then what's the other match you're going to get? You're going to get, um, you're going to get a women's match. And it's going to be, who is it going to be? Maybe you're going to get super lucky and get the return of Bianca Belair. Although I haven't seen... This is supposed to be coming back I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I, I was just trying to perk you up a little bit. 
Um, but really, it's it's going to be like uh, Bailey versus Bailey versus Shotzi. There you go. That there's your match card. Three matches. I'm actually getting physically ill by that card. I'm gonna I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> now I need I need the motherfucking tag champs on my show. I need Roman on the show. I need LA Knight. I need uh, Pretty Deadly. Just that, just that group of people. I know I'm getting Cena. I guess I'm I'm okay with that. He already, they, he can't back out now. Um, if you're lucky, he's not gonna wrestle. If you're unlucky, he's gonna wrestle. Yeah, I don't know because if he wrestles, he's got he's gonna be wrestling somebody like interesting. He's not gonna he's not gonna wrestle like Austin Theory. Well. You know, it, it's it's no secret, no spoiler that we're recording this after Fastlane has happened, and um, I don't want to shoot down your hopes and dreams, but he was fucking terrible in the ring. <laughs> he was really bad. So, um, <laughs> it, I hope for your sake he's not wrestling. <laughs> I'll just I'll just be happy to hear the music. Do 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 do. Yeah, that's that's what I would want. I would want just a talking segment. Actually, I wouldn't even want that. I would just want an entrance and then some random shit. Like I, I, an entrance, him to jump in the ring and take his shirt off to scare somebody away, and then that's it. Did I, I hope I, I'm I'm gonna catch his shirt, brother. I hope I'm not sitting next to a child because I'm gonna have to give it to him. But if I'm not, I'm gonna catch his shirt, brother. Dude, don't even lie to me. You are not. You would you would totally be sitting next to a twelve year old. And rip Cody Rhodes's weight belt out of his hands. Like I might, I might do it at first for the memes, but I'd give it to him later. <laughs> After the kids crying on national television, it's just jokes. It's just jokes. That's all. Yeah, he, you're literally going to like turn that kid into a villain for the rest of his life. Um, after this, we get our main event: him, Jim, Jimmy Uso versus L. A. Night. Yeah. But before we get into this, I, I have a question for you. Something that I've been pondering for quite a while now. What are these gang signs that LA Knight shoots up with his hands when he gets in the ring? He's got like, on one hand, he's got his uh, thumb index and uh, middle finger out. And on his other hand, he's got his thumb index and pinky out. Like, is that supposed to mean something? Is it supposed to form like some sort of LAK that I don't understand? Like at first, I thought he was trying to do. I thought that was like LA night. That's what I was thinking. Then, like at one point, I was like, maybe it's sign language, right? And I'm like, no, nah, there's no way that that's sign language for LA anything. And then I just got to the point that he just everybody's kind of got their hand signals. John Cena kind of does a like a O three kind of deal. Yeah, but he's got the like the the thugonomics thing going on. So like, I, it makes sense with him. With L.A. Knight, I don't know what it is. It, it, I know. So if you want to go like uh, sign language, I'm pretty sure that his his left hand. Th this is sad. I've literally done this with my hands for like minutes on end, staring at my hands, trying to figure out what the fuck it's supposed to mean. I'm pretty sure the left hand means like I love you in sign language, and that just doesn't strike me as an LA night thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rule that one out. I have no idea what it is. Yeah, I I don't know either. The mystery remains to be solved, but yeah, this was uh, this actually wasn't too bad of a match, man. Yeah, surprisingly, um, for what it is, whenever we do have 
LA Knight and even Jim Uso at this point, because when we had, I believe, Jim versus Styles, it was a slower match. And this was a slower match. You know, both individuals, you know, it's just you're not going to see something super fast paced. Um, But they did have some nice moves in there, some interesting things. There was one new thing that the Yaman himself, LA Knight, added to his repertoire. He hit this outside in sunset flip over Jim. But as he pulls him down, instead of, you know, pulling him down to his back and, you know, rolling him into the pin, he put both of his knees up. So he drove him right down into both of his knees. That was real nice. Um, at one point, there was a, like a pop up power slam by L.A. Knight. That was kind of sloppy. Um, he hit the elbow and then he's about to set him up for the BFT to get the finish. And out of nowhere, here comes Solo Dolo to, you know, hit him from behind and cause the DQ. And like this whole match went on. Solo didn't come out. It was just Jim and Paul. And I was thinking, like, where's Solo? Like, you know how this is going to end. Like, neither one of these fools is actually going to win. So why the hell didn't you just come out here? I guess to add surprise, to not tell people what was going to happen when we all knew what was going to happen. I don't know. Um, but we finally get, you know, Cena there to save. And so quick, that shirt came off because he's ready for action, you know. And then Paul Heyman is holding back Solo at this point. And then we get Judgment Day coming out there. And now it's a whole ordeal. And then we see um, Paul Heyman stick his hand out to Rhea Ripley. And he says, authorized. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there it is again. And Rhea shakes his hand and sends the troops in, you know, get them. <laughs> and first off, it, how, many, how many people are there? There's the two people in um, Bloodline, you know, Solo and Jim. And then we got what four people now in the um on the judgment day side we got priest jd mcdonough finn balor and dominic because you know Rhea's not up there paul's not up there it's six versus two just murder them real quick just go get them like why are you hesitating like you know the amount of damage that you could have done like they wouldn't have made it to fast lane by the time anybody could have ran out and tried to help them and then out comes the main event Ooh, so and here comes Jay. Cause and I'm pretty sure like Cody announced that him and Jay were gonna be on Friday. And like they didn't show up at all all night. So I don't know why anybody was surprised. It's probably why they were hesitant. But immediately as he runs out, Jimmy jumps down. <laughs> and I don't know if he jumped down early or if he was just scared, but then he got back up there because they were like, oh, you know, he's coming for him right there. And then he's still like Everybody's hanging on the ropes, but Jimmy or Jim, he's backed up. He's like almost about to fall off the ropes. He there trying. He looked like he's scared of his brother. And then we get Cody coming down, and then uh, you know Rhea gets everybody to attack when Cody gets in there because it's still six on four. But in the background, the crowd, the music stops, and the crowd is still singing Cody's song. The crowd wanted Cody. They were chanting for Cody before Jay came out because they were more excited for Cody than Jay. So. Big ups, you know, crowd loving Cody, and they showed it. But as as they're getting into the brawl, Paul's like, you know what, Solo, like, you know, let's let's not, you know, maybe not. 
<laughs> and then brawl ensues and then jd mcdonough i believe gets left in the ring by himself and he just gets fucking murdered he eats like a bft a super kick a five knuckle shuffle an aa and then a crossroads and then on the crossroads he hits like a 180 after his head spikes into the mat it was actually nasty certain individuals take the crossroads very well and they make it look amazing and then the other half of people make it look awful and that's why i hate the move so it's really hit or miss and it seems i guess you know smaller more athletic guys um but brock lesnar was eating them pretty well as well but yeah they murdered that guy um and that was you know what ended the show yeah and that was probably my favorite moment of the entire show was that whole like JD McDonough gangbang moment. Like that was that that was beautiful. I it's no secret I'm not a, a JD fan by any means and to see him eat all of those in relatively quick succession including you know the five knuckle shuffle NAA that we don't get very often i mean how many people who are currently wrestling can say that they've they've eaten both of those like that's that's kind of a feather in a cap right there um and then so like i don't know if this happened or not and if it did it pisses me off there were rumors that that was going to be an actual dark match so you were going to have uh L.A. Knight, John Cena, Cody Rhodes, and uh, Jey Uso versus the four dudes with the Judgment Day. Or no, it wasn't. It was. It was going to have um, Finn, Priest, Jimmy, and Solo. So those four versus the other four, and that should not be a fucking dark match. Like. That might be the most star power you can have in a ring at one time right now amongst people who are like actively appearing in shows. Uh, I I still don't know if that actually happened, but if it did, it pisses me off. Yeah, and I wonder, when, you know, thinking about when I'm going to go to the show, I wonder when they do these matches and they talk about the dark matches like i know they're just always touring and they're just always randomly doing live events in random cities that don't get broadcast or televised but there's no way john cena is doing I, that shit right th this was supposed to have happened right after they went off the air okay. uh, again like i was looking around to see if anybody said anything about it and i i haven't seen much so maybe it didn't actually happen but to your point i saw a stat where like um Seth Rollins apparently wrestled like eight or nine times last month, and I think one of them were televised. The rest of them were like dark matches and uh, house shows or something. And like, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, especially for you Seth heads like yourself out there. Yeah, it was a little, little sad to see. But I mean, you, you can't especially this one and honestly what kind of disappointed me a little bit about this segment I, I loved it don't get me wrong because it brought me back to like nwo days where you just get like you know reinforcements that just never end you know what i mean where you get to a point where like half the roster is coming out type of thing um so i i loved it but what pissed me off is like this was literally the first 
like face-to-face meeting between Jimmy and Jay and nothing was made of it. Like those two didn't really face off much. I think they were like lined up similarly, but like I would have loved a moment where they got in each other's face and just kind of stared each other down or something like that. And we didn't get any of that. Like there's been no fucking acknowledgement of that whatsoever. It kind of bothers me. Yeah. And I get maybe they're trying to save it, you know, but I feel like there were small little hints in there that they were adding to it that maybe WWE wasn't necessarily putting the focus on, but they they were playing into it, I felt at least. Maybe, and they just didn't do a good job of capturing it, but that is our Friday Night Smackdown from October 6th. So let's uh, let's quickly hit on some of the things that we had happen at the most recent NXT. Um, you know, we've got some matches that were set up from it. We had a handful of matches. I, I don't, I don't think there's really need to, to touch on all of them. The, the most important thing is dirty Dom got his title back. Thanks to the judgment day. Um, you know, we had some appearances. We had a nice appearance with Ilya with his first, um, you know, addressing the crowd as the champion. Um, we had some interesting plot stuff of uh, we may get Baron Corbin, Ilya. That might be one of his first, if not the first defenses. Um, we got Braun Breaker trying to turn Mello and Trick against each other. I found that very interesting. And we know who Becky's going to face at uh, Halloween Havoc. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Um, which will be Lyra Valkyria. Also the women's breakout tournament. So what are uh, what are some things that really stood out to you, man? Um, running through this episode, Indy Hartwell back. Um, it's been a while since we last saw her. It looks like she's back in NXT for the time being. She did mention the men roster, so we're likely to see her back and forth. But looks like she's healthy. She's ready to go. And she actually wrestled tonight. So it should be fun. Um, we did get a return of British Strong Style with Butch and Tyler Bate. Um, they're probably going to end up doing some more tag stuff in that you know, NXT UK division. But I'd like to see them tag and get a championship match. We don't have trios belts. But Butch came in there. I'm, I'm sorry. Ridge came in there with you know to save Butch and Bate. And that'd be a nice trio as well, but we're not, you know, not going to see that. But we do get to see them against against Gallus. That should be a, a fun match. Hopefully, they add a stipulation because that that would be a fun match no matter what. Um, I think it's going to be pub rules, if I recall. Okay, because that sounds exciting. I'm very very hyped for that. Um, Elia, new champ, probably him versus Baron Corbin. I believe they already wrestled. Corbin won. But this should be better and more intense. And again, hopefully they had a stipulation. Have we seen many Elia matches with the stipulation? I can't remember. I, I don't think so. I think most of his matches have been normal ones. But I feel like he's one of those dudes that like you you give him, uh, you know, big crazy spots with tools, you know, tables, ladders, and he's gonna be an absolute psycho with them. Yeah, I like. I feel like having that type of match to set the tone of this title reign because I think this is going to be the most brutal title reign in NXT history. I think it will go down as that because this man just beats the shit out of people. 
And I think we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I'm still not still not over the match with Melo. Like that was just an incredible. I mean, still nothing has topped it yet. And Melo ain't over it either. Where I think he's eventually going to give in to what Braun is saying and eventually going to end up turning heel. Uh, we do have a match next week. Melo versus Braun again. Rematch of, I believe, what their WrestleMania weekend match was. And they're each being backed by John Cena and Paul Heyman, respectively. I think we're going to see Braun Breaker come out on top to further push Melo into the depths of his, you know, uh, I don't know, negativity and failure. And finally, turn, probably. Yeah, have him crack, have him turn on Melo, or I'm sorry, turn on Trick. And that should be, you know, fun to start off right there. Nobody, I mean, we had Gigi Dolan and Blair and, eh, you know, that, that exists. We get next week, Oscar versus Roxanne Perez. And who made that call? Like Kiana James or somebody like that? Because Kiana James is the one that broke up the pinfall to cause Roxanne to not win the three-way, which you could have had a chance for the title, but it's actually going to Lyra Valkyra. And we got to see something with Kiana James in the future, but there's no way Roxanne's beating Asuka. What the hell? No, I can't imagine that happening. I I still think that um, Kiana James is going to be the one who takes out Becky. Um, I don't think it's going to be Lyra Valkyria. I know that they were really playing up the whole, like, you know, two Irish gals thing. And, and by the way, like that whole, uh, talking segment that got us into the triple threat, you know, Indy Hartwell's coming out and saying, you know, Hey, if Becky can, can do Mondays and Tuesdays, so can I. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, but when's the last time we've seen you on raw? Like, you're you're appearing on NXT right now. And I I don't know. I just don't this whole segment, you and I kind of chatted about this off the air a little bit, but like this that whole segment proved to me that they all fucking suck on a microphone and they're still not like ready for that yet. The only you know, Tiff, Tiff is ready. Tiff is the one that is most prepared for success on the main roster. Uh, they're all fumbling over their words and, you know, saying dumb shit. And, uh, I honestly didn't even really think that triple threat match was very good. Like there were some decent spots from it. Um, but none of them wow me, you know, I, including Indy who's supposed to be on the main roster. Um, and obviously with DIY coming back, you know, maybe we're going to get the, all of them banding together. We'll get, you know, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano and Tomasa Ciampa, and, or maybe we won't, I don't know. Um, but I just, none of those women do anything for me. I, I just feel like, um, I guess to kind of segue into the women's breakout thing, the, the women's division in NXT just feels really weak to me. Like a lot of them are not very good in the ring. Um, Tiff is the best. She really is. Like she, it was very obvious um, that she was the one that the belt belonged on. And, and I really hope that they 
just move her up the you know the sneaky dragon lead treatment or something now that she doesn't have the belt but none of these women really do anything for me in the ring like just i'm not very impressed they are not very good with promos it's just really weak right now yeah unfortunately i would have to agree with you i i do like that you know they brought you know lyra back last down or whatever they're doing with her indie the same i do feel like we're getting a little bit more juice in the women's division so it's nice to see that i think becky brought some life down here um but it is still kind of lackluster hopefully this tournament does make things come out but my comments on that three-way i think indie hartwell was like the person that didn't shine the most in that match for being what it was i think roxanne perez like, yeah, she's small, but she's got a lot of fire, you know, and there was a lot of that in this match. And even Lyra, she can she's got some nice kicks. So you can always believe a good kick. I think anytime Indy was in there, it's not that she was bad or anything. She just didn't stand out. And that's kind of always what I've seen from her on the mic, in the ring, in segments. She just kind of existed, didn't necessarily stand out. But we get into the... uh women's breakout tournament and i got some names and they put random information next to each person and this is how i'm going to try to remember them to try to learn who these women are we know lola vice she's always out there with carmen electra or electra lopez whatever her friend's name is and um (laughs) yeah carmen electra is literally in my head when i see that i have to reverse it as well and that's my vote my vote is lola vice um we have danny palmer she's in acrobat and a tumbler uh, some notes that i picked up there i think we've seen her wrestle before we have ariana grace who evidently was a finalist in miss canada um i don't think um she's winning it she's probably just gonna be some conceited person we have a jada parker who was a soccer and um softball champion at lsu which is kind of impressive you know that's kind of dope yeah they're they're good with softball too yeah like in two sports like man i can't keep up um we've got a jakara jackson who was a model and does bodybuilding we have a carmen petrovich who is black who does or has a black belt does karate i think uh she's the one that had the uh the sword Um, yeah my money's on her because you just, I, you know, as people are finding out with Drew McIntyre, you don't bet against somebody with a sword. And then we have Kalani Jordan, who we've seen with uh, Dana Brooke and such, who's not here. And then we have Izzy Dame, who was good in volleyball. And correct me if I'm wrong, but right before this, Tiana James, she was like, I hate Roxanne uh, Perez, Perez, whatever. She like... She said, look at last year. Everybody's looking at Roxanne, and she won the breakout tournament. Everybody's talking about her, but they forget that I walked in the the doors the same time that she did. And didn't she say that she was going to enter or she's in the breakout tournament and she's going to win it? I swear she said that. But like, She is in the breakout tournament. Is she? Then who are these six women? Is it just six? Like, wait, we're we're talking about uh the Kalani Jordan? No, Kiana James. Oh, no, I don't know. Kiana James is not in it. Yeah, I swear, I swear she said she was. But either way, we get a first round match between 
Kalani Jordan and Izzy Dame. Kalani Jordan wins with the split leg moonsault. Which um, looks terrible, by the way. <laughs> we get a tag match between um, JC Jane and Thea Hale. And then we have Lola Vice and Electra Lopez, her friend. And it's kind of weird. JC Jane is kind of encouraging Chase U to come along with them. And Thea's like, okay, whatever. Whatever you say, JC. So I, I don't know where this storyline's going to turn now. It, this week, weird. It's like, you know, you see those, um, those things where like you got... Uh, like 300 or the Spartans or whatnot, and they, they grow up with a puppy and then, you know, to, to battle harden them, they make them kill the dog when it's older or whatever. That's that's what I think this is going to be. She's going to be like, ta- you know, uh, pulling Chase you along on the leash and then when she thinks Thea's ready to fully embrace her darkness, just make her put them down. Yeah. I actually think Thea Hale is the one probably with the most potential out of a lot of the, the girls in the NXT women's division. 100%. I believe between her and Tiffany Stratton and maybe, yeah, I mean, mainly them too. Like, I, like, that's your division. Your top babyface, your top heel, that's your women's division for a while, especially going into Raw and SmackDown, I think. Yeah, and the fact that they're bringing in these other women, Jade Cargill, Kyrie Sane. Um, I actually did see uh, within the hour or two, um, Jade Cargill made a post on Twitter. She said something about like who who should be my first few victims or making a list or whatever. And what I found interesting was uh, she hashtag WWE Raw on it. So I we've heard rumors that she'll be joining raw but it sounds like that's more or less confirmed when then Kyrie to smackdown so again like to your point i do think it's good that they brought lyra and indy back into the nxt scene because if they're bringing in jade and Kyrie, and like they they already got plenty of women they brought back nia Jax. obviously that's going to be short term but they still got shit going on with Women that, quite frankly, are significantly better than them. You know, Charlotte's on the way up. Um, You know, uh, my personal opinion is that at the minimum by WrestleMania, Charlotte will have the belt back because she'll get a banger WrestleMania match. I actually think she'll have the belt before the end of the year. Um, You'll have Bianca coming back at some point, like, I hate to say it, but these girls just don't really have a place right now. Yeah, we got a stacked women's division on the main roster, especially once everybody comes back healthy. You know, a lot of names that you don't even mention that are regulars on the roster, you know, or have been, such as Raquel and Liv and people like that, you know. Yeah, we need Liv to get back. Um, There's somebody else out hurt right now I can't remember who but then you got the ones who are pregnant so you got Alexa Bliss and Carmella Um, so you know figure probably in a year or so they'll be back Um, I just don't think these girls really have a place on the main roster right now I'd rather see them get work in NXT than just not do anything on the main roster. I think that would be more beneficial for them overall. And I'm, I would 
venture to say that they would agree. But realistically, this is probably the strongest the women's division has ever been in the history of WWE. Thanks in large part to women like Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. I know Charlotte's been around for a while, but like for a long ass time, she really had no true competition. You know what I mean? Like she was just the most dominant force there was. And now it feels more balanced because you got believable competitors like Rhea and then soon to be Jade, um, Bianca. I still don't really think Bianca's quite at that level yet. I do think that by the time that she lost the belt, like people are starting to grow a little tired of her. Um, but seriously, this has been the strongest the women's division has ever been. Yeah. Um, and I hope we see a little bit more trickle down from some of those top stars down to NXT because it does spice the division up. It does help. It does, you know, give NXT a little bit more oomph that it kind of needs at times, especially when some of these other women aren't as fully quote unquote developed as some of the bigger stars are right now. Yep, and I I hope for their sake it's somebody from SmackDown because I don't envy Becky. I mean, thankfully she hasn't had too many back-to-backs, but the fact that it sometimes is back-to-back has got to be brutal. So, you know, do somebody a favor and make it somebody from from uh, SmackDown next time. <laughs> yeah, or make them, you know, you don't got to pull double duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... Or I'm I'm cool with some of what they're doing with Becky of having her defenses be on Raw, you know, with the Tegan Knox situation. Like, okay, so we're getting the Lyra Valkyria one on uh, Halloween Havoc. Uh, if you want to do a Kiana James one, or if you end up doing another Tiff rematch, do it on Raw. Right. All right, man. Take us home, dog. Well, well, well. Here we are once again at the end of the show, everybody. We thank you once again for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time where we'll be touching base a little bit more in-depthly on the recent PLE from WWE Fastlane. But until then, stay safe and have a wonderful evening. Deuces, deuces. Peace. Yeet.